That music means it's Funky Friday edition of Sports Talk. And even though Evan Kahn is not here, used with his permission, we are allowed to have some funk on a Friday, even if the funk meister Evan Kahn is out of studio. How you doing, everybody? I'm Scott Patey, playing the part of Evan Kahn today. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Daniels from Alina HQ. Yeah. Thank you, Scott. Also, the News Gazette sports pages, which often are uh, one and the same. Yeah. In uh, great content. We're here to dazzle you for an hour. And then uh, the world, according to Bob Ospison, will be in hour number two. Also in the five o'clock hour, Michael Finke will stop by. He is home for the summer in his uh, basketball career, uh, taking a little bit of a summer break here at home and going to be playing in a Central Centennial alumni game that is still star-studded of uh, some names of players that went on to have really good basketball careers and others that just were really good standouts in uh, Champaign and Central High School. And I didn't know this was coming. Maybe I missed something somewhere. Might I might have been on vacation. Well, I might have been on vacation. Sometimes I miss things, so that's why I'm glad I have the News Gazette sports pages to inform <laughs> me of what's going on. Uh, and, in fact, actually, this was uh, – Actually, not on the sports pages. It was on the uh, top of the morning. Yeah, and the, well, I didn't catch. I caught Jay Simpson's okay, article that today, too. where the r- r- roster breakdown. But anyway, that as well. Michael, F- so tell me, Matt Daniels, how did this Central Centennial alumni game come about? Do you have any ideas? I don't. That's why you're going to ask Michael Finky okay. how it came about. But no, it's a it's a great idea. Uh, two decorated programs here in Champaign that have a long lineage of. Rivalry history, also like you said, with with talented players on both sides, with the the Chargers and the Maroons. It's always a, uh, a must circle game on on the high school sports calendar when it comes out each and every year. And yeah, it's just uh, it's been chock full of outstanding players, and eager to see what this uh, alumni game looks like. Yeah, it's coming up on August sixth. I believe Sonny Walker has helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, spearhead this and put it together so it's pretty cool so anyway i look forward to catching up with michael and one of his brothers is playing on the other side as you may recall the finkies used to be a centennial household and then they became a central household yeah they did when uh michael played his entire career at centennial well before uh he he played at illinois and grew out his hair and that became a a talking point on the man bun (laughs) which i don't think is in vogue anymore for him although his younger brother tim his bride may have something to say about (laughs) that. that's true uh his younger brother tim though has taken up the mantle of hairiest finky family member i guess (laughs) if you want to call it that um tim who uh was in the NCAA tournament uh this past march at wright state uh they won a game in the first four and then played arizona uh, competitively in, in the first round. He's still got another season to play for Scott Nagy's program out in Ohio. And uh, Nick Finke, the middle brother, who also played Division One basketball at Army, mm-hmm. uh, he started – Tim and Nick both started their careers at Centennial. Then they transferred to Central. Jeff Finke, the father, the patriarch of, of the Finke family, former Illini himself – uh, two sport, two athlete. sport athlete, basketball, then stuck with football, uh, tight end, uh, under John Makovic and he became the central basketball coach. So they eventually 
traded in their Columbia Blue for maroon, but uh, they know both sides of the rivalry better than almost anyone mm-hmm. in, in Champaign. No notes there for Matt Daniels, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Walking Wikipedia. Well, I just remember covering Michael when he was in high school. And yeah. The question I always had to ask him at first, because this was on top of the minds of Illinois fans. I mean, he's, what, 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, uh, he's built up his frame over the years from a gangly high schooler to a now professional basketball player. But the first question whenever I'd see him in person or talk to him on the phone or text him was, hey, how much do you weigh now, Michael? <laughs> that kind of became a running joke. He w- ended up becoming two-time <clears throat> News Gazette All-Area Player of the Year uh, during his junior and senior seasons at Centennial. Got to know him and the family pretty well during those uh, experiences, and he was just a, a bona fide star in, on the high school ranks. And John Gross and his staff you know, offered him kind of early – well, not early in the process now that I think about it. He was a junior, I believe, when he got his offer and his recruitment just kind of uh, intensified dramatically. And then he picked the, the hometown school and had a, a up-and-down career at Illinois, I guess, looking back on it. More – I mean, in the, he underwent a coaching change going from Gross to Underwood. Ended up transferring to play his final season at Grand Canyon where he had an even expanded role playing for the, the Antelopes out there. and. Um, it's good to see though, too. I mean, he's a champagne born and bred kid who's making a ton of money playing overseas, playing professional basketball. And that's something that, you know, when he's working out at the YMCA there in Southwest Champaign, getting up early for workouts and things like that, that's something he dreamed about doing. And now he's, he's living that dream and, uh, basketball is, you know, taking him on a worldwide tour, quite literally. And it's given his two younger brothers, quite the experiences as well and as you know as well a a tight friendship with Malcolm Hill Mm -hmm. who's uh, continuing with the Bulls this year and they have a joint venture in a blog where they just kind of chronicles their experiences not really for any other reason except that they want to and I think it's probably because of Michael Finke's early uh, immersion reading the News Gazette I'd like to to say he did he wrote a diary when he was in high school before he committed Illinois and then you bring up uh, his his good friendship with Malcolm Hill. Still remember the cover the, photo? Exactly, the cover photo for the Atlanta HQ. Is that still? That used to be in the season. office. They yeah, used to be hanging that, up. I don't know where it is anymore. But I remember that that photo shoot. They we took him over to to Marketplace Mall, and they just had a grand old time in the photo booth there, and we're hamming it up, and just you know walking around like normal normal six foot six and above athletes do <laughs> on, a, on a Sunday afternoon. But they were great. To, to work with and and deal with and yeah like you said they're they're still closely connected and as Malcolm he's he's had his pro career flourish obviously with uh, you know playing with the Bulls last season and now he's kind of on a two-way contract uh, with them and the Windy City Bulls and we'll see what his future lies as well uh, the NBA Summer League's going on I think the Bulls are actually playing right now they played earlier this afternoon and, and Malcolm is playing with the Bulls Summer League team uh, so yeah, he's, he's got options galore, uh, when it comes to, to his pro basketball future and eager to hear what Michael has to say later on in the show about, uh, about his own pro career right now. Yep. So he's going to join us uh, in the next hour and, and Bob will be here as well uh, for all of that. Hey, if you've got anything on your mind, you want to contribute to the program, you can on the castle heating and cooling text line, which is two one seven three five one. 
217-356-9357. If you want to give us a jingle, we're at 217-356-9397. Speaking of summer league, Kofi Coburn had probably his best uh, game, at least statistically, with the Jazz and now heads to uh, Vegas for that uh, summer league. I guess some of the games he was playing in were actually in Salt Lake City. Yeah, the, the, the games he played earlier this week were in Salt Lake City. The summer league started uh, last Saturday. They did. Uh, they started in San Francisco uh, for two days, and then they went to Salt Lake City for three days. But the main event, which is going on now and started late last night, uh, out in Vegas, that'll continue through July 17th. And that's kind of what the... When you think of summer league, you think of Vegas. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what Coburn can do out in Sin City. Tennis Novak Djokovic is into the finals. A shocking headline for us all. Uh, Novak Djokovic this time overcoming a one set to none deficit instead of a two set to none. He beats the uh, beloved Brit Cameron, uh, Cam Norrie in uh, Wimbledon, and he'll face Nick Kyrgios now for the final on Sunday. Of course, Kyrgios uh, getting the pass through the semifinals after Rafael Nadal withdrew. Otherwise, it would have been Djokovic and Nadal, right? <laughs> Probably. I think the tennis term is walkover, which is what Kyrgios got into Sunday's final. So it's going to be interesting, um, and I only know this because I just put a story on the Saturday sports section page about this, but he's beaten Djokovic in their only two head-to-head meetings, both on hard courts, though. Kyrgios is obviously a character known for displaying his emotions in a wide variety of manners. I hope he can sneak in a point or two with a serve between his legs like he did earlier at Wimbledon, (laughs) uh, where he just looked like he was just bouncing the ball, getting ready to throw it up and serve and just calmly hit it between his legs for a point that was pretty cool i don't know if you saw that i, don't I didn't see that. it actually yeah, it's pretty interesting um yeah and djokovic is his own polarizing figure as well but obviously one of the best tennis players in the, in the world and we'll see what happens on sunday um uh, what else baseball tonight tonight <laughs> the cardinals are hosting the phillies at bush stadium and the White Sox continue their series against Detroit. If you want a clinic and how to be a good baseball team and lose, go back to the game last night that the White Sox lost to Detroit. Close, but not close enough. Series continues tonight. 6.30 is the pregame here on DWS. And Cubs are in L.A. They lost yesterday. They get the late game, 9, 10 p.m., which uh, might become a thing. Game starting for us it might become a game. Game starting locally at nine o'clock or so. I was just curious to see what it's going to be like when USC comes to Champaign for an eleven a.m. kickoff, or if they yeah. go to Piscataway for an eleven a.m. kickoff. That's a it's just crazy. Going to give the Scarlet Knights a big home field advantage. <laughs> I I don't think so, but you never are <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm still still kind of wrapping my head around the fact that we now have. It's only been a week, right? Eight days since this mm-hmm. all broke. It seems like it's been eight months at, at times, but also just still trying to wrap your fact, wrap your head around the fact that USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten, and it's a decision that's going to just still. Did anybody else join today? I, I don't think so. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't. You know, I, I, I mean, I keep seen. watching the rumor wires. 
Yeah, it's hard nothing, to know. Nothing official. I mean, I think the Big Ten is just waiting to see what happens if Notre Dame and you never know go if from there. San Jose State might <laughs> join in, or Colorado State. Well, well I mean, it, I mean, we can go on and on and on about this, which is what we might do for the next forty minutes or so. I don't know what you have planned, but the fact that the spotlight's on you, man. No, no, no. <laughs> that's that's bad then. But the fact that the Pac-12 You'd have to think they're, you know, seen reports. Dennis Dodd from CBS has written this week that the, uh, you know, Big 12 is in deep discussions with four teams from the Pac-12 right now, both Arizona, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado, which is crazy. You know, Colorado going back to the Big 12. I mean, who whoever could have mm-hmm. seen that since, you know, they were in the Big 8 and then the Big 12 and then they – bolted for the Pac-12 and no one's ever it's heard like of them they, they're going back to their high school girlfriend or something <laughs> you know, like, you know well, it's just it was it, you all along it's this just interesting scenario where you obviously have the Big Ten and the SEC who are on another pedestal and then everyone's kind of watching to see what the next domino is whether the Big Ten or the SEC poaches a team or two from either the ACC Big 12 or Pac-12 or if the Pac-12 and Big 12 kind of kill each other off, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to – you have two – here's it, This is like that show Lost. Hey, guys, live together, <laughs> die alone. That's tr- it's true. The ending was bad on that show, by the way. I was a diehard fan of that show, and then I was very disappointed by the how that, that show ended. But anyway uh, – I don't even know what we're talking about now. The, well, they the, got off the rails in season three and four, I think. You know, they it realized, was all like a Swiss family, you know, adventure series. Mm-hmm. The, uh, we're going to survive after a plane crash on a deserted island, and then it became like time travel. Like and, so many American television shows, they have <coughs> an idea, a concept that works really well, and then they have success. And then they realize, oh, well, we have to just exactly. keep doing this. That's true. So let's do three or four more seasons of stuff we haven't planned yet. So let's just make it into a soap opera. And then we come back and actually conclude the thing in a, we- a way nobody can explain. And now we can segue this into Big Ten expansion, too, because you'd have to think the Big Ten's not going to stop at 16 anytime soon. I know they're taking maybe a, a breath right now to kind of gather their their wits about them. But you'd have to think they're, they're Kevin Warren and his team are actively pursuing – something at this point to get to whether it's 18 teams 20 teams i mean the the whole concept of a power five which has been in the college sports lexicon for the last five or six years that's going to go by the wayside here and in the near future you're really looking at a power two in the big 10 and the sec and then there's everyone else trying to find their find their landscape on on what that means and i don't even know if this is good for the overall health of college athletics it's good for the big 10 you know, if we're on radio in Lawrence, Kansas, I don't know if we're singing the praises of what that means because the Big 12's adding, what, four new teams? I don't think it's this upcoming school year, but yeah. the next year we got Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF. It, Kansas is actually, I don't know if you mentioned, it's a curious example because of their history of poor football mm-hmm. but really good basketball. That's maybe a one school where you're gonna, they're fine, kind of almost wherever they go because the Kansas basketball brand – um, well, travels well whether it's in the Big 12 or not. Kind of um, like UCLA. UCLA, yeah. their brand is men's basketball. Their football program's been so-so, subpar for 
decade. Yeah. But um, a Texas Tech, they're, you know, well, I, maybe that's bad uh, because they're, they're lately they're much more of a basketball school. Yeah. How, how about an Iowa State? Which, until Matt Campbell came, they weren't known for football success at all. They're more known for football irrelevancy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Big Ten, to me, if they get – again, at what point, too, if you have 18, 20 teams, like, how is that a conference? That's just a conglomeration of schools. How is that what you're going to – maybe Illinois plays USC football every six years? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that? <laughs> and also, too, like, if you get up to 18, 20 teams, in all seriousness, how do you have a conference basketball tournament? How do you stage one? You're Again, when you go to 16 teams, which will the 2025 Big Ten tournament, right now, as it stands, will have 16 teams. Suggestion, so take no more than eight. That's a possibility. And also, too, and I know this does or not. don't have one. I know this does not factor into how college sports operates because what has become even more crystal clear in the last week plus is that it's all about what makes the most money. And USC and UCLA makes the Big Ten more money than it was a week and a half ago. Fact. And it's driven by football and then men's basketball. And that's understandable. Anyone that follows college athletics or has for some time realizes those two sports drive the bus for everyone else but what does it do for a sport you're that's near and dear to your heart college baseball you you were broadcasting games that ended at 2 15 in the morning mm-hmm. this year at the big it's 10 tournament when they had 17 to be precise there you go <laughs> and you had what is eight team big 10 tournament already and they have three 13 schools that play baseball mm-hmm. you add usc usually up to 15 how do you still how does that help the how does that help the sport how does that help the fans you're getting what media rights deals that are 50 60 70 million dollars are going to be even more astronomical the fans aren't seeing any of that money that's why some think maybe down the road it what you consider an athletic conference right now will will not be an athletic conference no. anymore. I'm not just talking geographically. I'm talking the Big Ten might be a football conference and or a it, football basketball conference. It, that's that's it. And that, I mean, like, what is the um, college hockey? They have a thing, right? They have like sort of yeah. a college hockey league that's not really associated with, with the NCAA. Help me on this. College hockey to me, I'm not too sure. I know they have the NCAA hockey championships. Sure, but I, I, I know there's conference play, but then mm-hmm. there's a lot of not non-conference. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it's more just college hockey. Yeah. No, you're right. And as opposed to Pac-12 hockey and yeah. Big Ten hockey and ACC hockey. It's but uh, to me, that's the, to me, that's to the detriment of what a lot of folks have grown up and why they became involved in college sports and why they became passionate about college sports Mm -hmm. is the regional basis of it it wasn't a national sports league you grew up watching alabama auburn you grew up watching nebraska colorado nebraska oklahoma uh, illinois ohio state teams that were geographically close to one another that made 
a whole heck of a lot of sense and why conferences were born, you know, 80, 90 years ago. And now that model is completely shifted and it's this brand new world where no one really knows what the future is going to look like in five to 10 years, except conferences are going to get paid a ton of money for media rights deals. And that's not just with, you know, cable companies, how people are going to watch college athletics in five to 10 years, consume all of that. That is going to be different than it was even five to 10 years ago. I don't know. I, now I sound like old man yelling at the single cloud in a blue sky. I guess. You're doing a good job at it though. Thanks. I'm all, I, I don't mind change. I just, the way that they've gone about it is just, it's all about what makes them the most money. And it feels sometimes like they're changing more often than you change your clothes. Yes. When we come back, um, an athletic director in the Big Ten has weighed in on what he thinks is next for the conference in regards to all this. Bring that to you. Also, Joey Wright, uh, you've heard his voice on some news. You're going to start to hear him more when it comes to some of our sports coverage, particularly with preps and and beyond. He will uh, stop in. You've seen him with some bylines in the – News Gazette sports pages and in the news sections as well. So that's what's on tap here in this hour. Bob's in next hour and Michael Finke all coming up. Sports Talk, Funky Friday edition. And uh, it's a cloudy day. It's going to be cooler this weekend, I think. Does the last two days of rain mean I have to mow my lawn? Because I have mowed my lawn fewer times, I think, in the last four weeks than... I do in January. Uh, yeah, uh, right up there with you. I think I've mowed mine maybe once or twice in the last month. It's like you look out, boy, that lawn is ugly. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Although, are you like me in this way? Oh, my wife's not listening. <laughs> I guarantee you, mine isn't. Got to go mow the lawn <laughs> with a household of little children. Yeah. You know uh, what? I got to go do that chore. See my, uh, I'm in my zone. <laughs> my uh, my three kids, for some reason, they still, one, uh, I'm still the cool dad for them because they're mm-hmm. six, five, well, one's about Cause to be none seven. Of them Because none of them have double digits in their, exactly. at their age. Not yet. Uh, I'm looking forward to that day, though, sometime soon when I'm the uncool father, which is fine. Um Everyone has to bear certain responsibilities in life. But they still, for some reason, all three of them like watching me mow the yard. So typically they're all there when I do it. They get, they've gotten mad at me in the past when I've mowed it and they're not there. And I'm like. Is it because, I mean, is it the certain, the cut pattern no, that you No, definitely not the cut pattern. Uh, it's more just the sound of the mower, I guess. And. Do you have a big yard? Do you have no, a mo- riding really. mower? No, it's no, it's a push mower. Okay. No, it's not, I'm, wow. not, I'm not, you know, real high tech or fancy. I just go out and mow my yard when I have to. I'm not like a ace landscaping <laughs> grass specialist. Yeah. I just know when you're mowing your lawn, you're not doing anything else. Yeah, That's you're just kind of, kind of in the mowing the lawn zone where you just kind of go off into a different place. You don't really think about a lot. Iowa Athletic Director Gary <laughs> Barta. Uh, headline: Big Ten not taking uh, <coughs> taking calls, but not seeking members. <laughs> Today, <laughs> what is that? I'm going out on dates, but I'm not ready to get married. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gary Barta 
Will there be more? I don't have a crystal ball, but at this point, I can tell you the Big Ten is still not seeking members. I know the Big Ten is taking calls, and they inform us when they take calls just so we have a general idea. But again, I don't envision expansion. If I were predicting, I'm not predicting that we would will be adding any more in the near future. We'll see. <laughs> so we may not, but we'll see. We may. I pair this with what Matt Fortuna brought uh, up about August 24th, 2021. A day I'm sure you remember well. Nope. Well, that's the day the Alliance was announced in that's a news hilarious conference. too and i'm again college sports is like it's just in this weird place where it's like okay just go be professional sports essentially mm-hmm. well that's where we're going no exactly just just go do it quit quit hedging around this whole like we're all about student athlete welfare and things like that and yeah i mean i think they are about in general you can make it are they uh, uh, about welfare of the student athletes? Yes, but they also realize the value of a college football player and men's basketball player, mm-hmm. especially. And in some schools, it's the women's basketball player, the volleyball player, mm-hmm. or whatever, what they can do for monetary purposes. I'm saying collectively. And uh, I think, I just think there's that they're trying to figure out what is a, a dual role look like in today's world i'm just thinking back on this whole laugh laughable alliance that the big 10 pac-12 and acc banded together like i feel bad for the person that had to write that press release that wasn't kevin warren on august 24th (laughs) a year ago quoting one of his notre dame law professors ironically (laughs) quote if you have to go back and look at a contract that you signed you probably entered a deal with the wrong parties. <laughs> this was the alliance. And everyone asked, why isn't there like a formal contract? Um, <laughs> I mean, that that's just a gem. Uh, George Klievkov, quoting his parents at that conference. The Pac-12 commissioner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't measure me by what we say. Measure us by what we do over the coming months and years and decades. Now, the Alliance has done some things and initiatives towards mental health and uh, other other good things. But we all thought about it in terms of what they were saying, this scheduling, this we're going to live together instead of dying alone well, this against was the big res- bad a- SEC. That was in response to Texas and Oklahoma bolting yes. for the SEC from the Big 12. And that was, to me, those three commissioners, and again, Jim Phillips is one of those commissioners, U of I grad, uh, now in charge of the ACC, that was them trying to save face and say hey look we're doing something when we're not really doing anything at all and that it's why it's called an alliance you can say you're together for that time being but then when it mutually benefits your particular entity in the case of kevin warren and the big 10 hey let's add usc and ucla okay we're gonna do that that's why it's funny to me when gary bardo and i get it's not up to gary bardo and he's not speaking on behalf of the conference he just says yeah we're not we're not really gonna make any moves right now Okay. Yeah, and then a week from now, they <laughs> four teams join the Big Ten. I mean, that's it's all about. I, I don't know. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Joey Wright's going to pop in. We'll uh, get to know him a little bit and uh, some of the things he's been covering, and uh, have some more fun here on a Friday. Our word is gold, by the way. <laughs>
solid we're goal. We're a good alliance right here. Just give us a handshake, and we're good for it. Back in a moment. It's a funky Friday sports talk. Matt Daniels in for Evan Kahn. I'm Scott Beatty, and uh, playing the uh, producer role today, Joey Wright. It's one of like 19 roles he has here. Mm-hmm. It, and and coincidentally, the name of the dividing line between Champagne and Urbana. That's right. So there's just all kinds of symbolism to your name. <laughs> I suppose there is. Yeah. And, and if an astute listener may have uh, picked up Joey's voice here and there already. This summer, calling some Little League games, doing some news updates, writing for the News Gazette, doing some behind-the-scenes work uh, with digital and social content for both the uh, radio side and the print side, and now here in studio. So, welcome aboard. (laughs) Thank you. No, it it really is something different every day. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, no two days look exactly the same, and uh, having a a good time with it so far. Quick bio, you're a townie. That's right, Urbana High School graduate, uh, 2018. So, so going on, you know, just over four years uh, removed from there. Went to Bradley over in Peoria, so so didn't go very far for college. And I've uh, uh, been here a while though, uh, you know, part time in high school, mm-hmm. uh, writing prep lights and uh, high school confidential. I was part of the, the second class of that and did some radio the the following summer uh, right after I graduated from Urbana. So uh, great to be back. It really is. I know you have a passion for play-by-play. You did a, that, uh, I don't know, probably starting at three years old or so. <laughs> it's it's but, been a long time. But I, I remember we would go do high school games uh, in Urbana, and you were there doing it on UPTV, something you had launched with Jason Liggett, mm-hmm. who's also a former radio guy for us here, and uh, then did a bunch at Bradley as well. So, uh, and he started his own company in college, too. Yeah, Clutch Sports Media. That's right. So you're the president and CEO? Uh, co-founder. Uh, co-founder is really give, what I call it. Give yeah. yourself whatever title you want, Joey. I'll your take company. CEO. I don't know if Larry Larson's listening. I'll take CEO from <laughs> you him. You can listen to the podcast later. Be careful, right. because <laughs> I didn't know this until recently. Elon Musk didn't start Tesla. Somebody else did. And then gave it up. And now he's like the the big brains, yeah. the big money guy behind it. What were we? What were we doing in college, Scott? Did we think to start our own company? <laughs> well, I was going to the micronpc.com. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Back in 1999, <laughs> um, and I was in the marching Illini. That's what I was doing. No, um, yeah, Clutch Sports Media is uh, doing excellent streaming coverage of really central Illinois teams. Thank you. Yeah, we, we kind of focus more on the, the Peoria area, uh, but we're starting to expand a little bit. Uh, and obviously the Peoria area comes from starting it at Bradley. You know, uh, you do the, the Big 12 schools over there, the Middle Illini Conference uh, and, and the like. But, uh, yeah, Larry and I started that our, our sophomore year over there. Just really uh, at the time the aim was to get more uh, get more repetitions, you know, get more reps because that's the only way to get better behind a mic is to is to get behind a mic and do it. So, uh, it's it started to take off though. We've done some pretty big tournaments, and uh, the the community over there has really rallied behind us. So excited to kind of grow, starting to do a little more in Bloomington Normal, and and starting to climb up north a little. So excited to see where it goes. Now, Peoria is a high school sports town, but did you see the the tweet that was going around that the geographic center, if you average 
the distance between all the schools and, you know, like the United States, at least in the geographic center, somewhere in Kansas. Okay, so the, the geographic center of the Big Ten with UCLA and USC has now shifted a bit to the southwest to Peoria. Peoria is the geographic center of the Big Ten. That's because it really? it's, it's always about how it plays in Peoria. Exactly. <laughs> so so, why, why wouldn't it be? So Big Ten tournament at the Civic Center? Anyone? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll pass. Where's yeah. the, what's the biggest football stadium in Peoria? Peoria Stadium. Yeah, probably Peoria Stadium, which, which has seen better days. It needs some work, yeah. Why not Iowa against Ohio <laughs> State right there in Peoria? You could play on the riverfront. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, Joe, you've been busy uh, so far on, on the high school sports front for us here. Uh, you've uh, We started a preseason top 10 countdown for high school football teams probably seven, eight years ago. Uh, we run the stories every Friday kind of leading up to the start of the season. You're spearheading our coverage of that this year, and so far you've been out to Tuscola, our number 10 team. You went up to Gilman for the first time, uh, Iroquois West Raiders, number 9, and then you were over in Vermilion County uh, yesterday as well, uh, previewing Westville. The, the Tigers are number 18. What's you paying him mileage on this? Yeah. <laughs> okay, because that's getting more expensive. No, well, actually, he's getting less out of the mileage reimbursement <laughs> these days. Uh, that's yeah. what it is. Well, you know, he's young still. Uh, <laughs> but what, what's been your what's been your takeaway just from from talking to these coaches, players at all as they get ready for uh, you know the high school football season? It'll be here before we know it. A lot of optimism, I think, is the the big takeaway. And, you know, Tuscola, Iroquois West, and Westville are all kind of coming in from uh, different uh, different backgrounds, if you will. You mm-hmm. know, Tuscola, a lot of history of success in that program. They're trying to get back to the playoffs. Uh, last season didn't pan out like they wanted it to, uh, to say the least. Iroquois West has had a, a down decade and a half, mm-hmm. but a, a great year last year, 8-3. and three. They're looking to keep it up. And Westville, you know, they, they're up or they're down, but 7-3 but and three last year. Lost a lot of seniors, though. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, a junior class from last season trying to step up and, and make an impact this year. I'm excited to see Drew Wichtowski under center, though, making the switch from tight end to, to play quarterback. Uh, kind of a mobile physical presence for and Westville's there. got some new fancy digs over there, too. They uh, do. Turf facility. And, uh, what, what was your kind of impression of the overall uh, ambience of the of the facility over in Westville. I was chatting with Coach Guy Goodlove the other day over the phone. I didn't go out there until yesterday, but he he told me best facilities in the state. That's what he <laughs> said. Uh, and 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 I was like, all right, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little. But he said college level facilities, and then being out there yesterday to see it. I mean, he 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 had every right to to say what he did because the the field is nice, new turf, mm-hmm. uh, new bleachers. But then you go into the the weight room, uh, locker room addition, which was just finished a few months ago. I mean, the weight room is terrific. Uh, the baseball team's got a brand new batting cage they can use. Locker room's huge. Everyone's got their own individual locker. So, yeah, Westville's got a they've got a lot to be proud of, and we'll see if it translates into continued success in the field. But uh, it's certainly not going to hurt them. Joey, what's it like for you? Uh, Friday nights in the fall, uh, sitting up at a press box at a, a high school football game, or Friday nights in the winter. You know, courtside or on a balcony. You know, calling some high school basketball. What what kind of gets your your engines? What, what kind of gets your juices flowing? I guess it's a great question. It, it, it starts with the crowd. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's a big game, you know, let's take a Central Centennial type game around here, and and you know, pack the gym. That's where it starts because as a broadcaster, I find, and, and Scott, I'm sure you'd agree, you really feed off the crowd. That's kind of how you set your set your energy level. And if they're into it, and, and you know, they're 
or uh, with the game. I mean, it just makes it a little easier to, to follow. So uh, that's where it starts. And then, you know. See, uh, nothing compares, though, to me to the energy <laughs> I get if I'm broadcasting from my family room. That's right. With a cat <laughs> at uh, 2 a.m. <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> Big Ten <laughs> tournament was a juices little. Juices yeah. are flowing. <laughs> did your kids wake up at all for that? No. Okay. My wife did, but okay. Uh, when when a key hit or something would happen, but not the kids. Was she just like, "Well, my husband's just talking to himself." <laughs> I think after she went, "Who's in the house?" And then, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. He's down there doing that. So you got to build a soundproof studio yeah. in there, right? You no, <laughs> let's be at the ballpark. <laughs> yes, I let's agree not with that. Ever 100%. have COVID again? <laughs> yes. No, I'm. I, I agree with you 100 percent there. But yeah, starts with the fan involvement, and, and then you know, just so fortunate to have a, a lot of great relationships with coaches and players who who help us out ahead of time, and and when they give us uh, the right information. Uh, a lot of them are, are really good at it. You know, it's easier to do your homework and, and easier to tell some stories. So, but I'm ready to see some some packed fields this year. I really am uh, at Westville and, and well beyond. Twitter handle is J Wright. Believe it's Joey Wright 2000. Joey yeah. Wright 2000, which is what? You, what is that? Your birth year? Or? It is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I met oh, Joey man. when he was, uh, I think, fall of 2017 was the first time, and uh, and I've said this to him multiple times before. So this is anything isn't anything he hasn't already heard, but his maturity level just struck me, and I joke with him sometimes in the newsroom to this day that he's more mature than the entire rest of the sports staff combined, and that includes <laughs> Lauren Tate as well. I don't think that's an opinion. I think that's fact. That's very much so. Yeah. But, but that, I mean, it helps when you're born at the age of 22. That's true. It's all right. It's been fun there. for me, though, to, to watch Joey kind of rise up from this, you know, eager kind of, you know, deer in the headlights look to, uh, you know, as a high school senior coming in and helping us out on the desk two to three nights a week, writing up some high school highlights to getting the chance to go out and uh, report and, and interact with coaches and athletes. And then obviously his radio career and the broadcasting aspects that he brings just, just adds another level to it. And just, just really excited to, to see what he can bring uh, once the school year gets rolling with a lot of high school sports and with Illinois coverage as well. And what, what he can do to just enhance the product for not only us at the news Gazette, but for everyone here at, at the radio stations as well. All right, Joey, appreciate you checking in. Won't be the last time. No, thanks for having me, and uh, I'll slide back over uh, behind the, the board over there take some phone calls. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Joey. All right, uh, we will wrap up this hour of sports talk in a moment, but first I want to talk to you about a wraparound, a wraparound porch, in fact. Uh, you right now can get a great view of a wraparound porch and an exterior remodel going on in a champagne home if you visit the Facebook page for See You Under Construction. Wow. The uh, details that they're putting out there and what this will ultimately look like. It's going to be an incredible ultimate deck to overlook a pool in a neighborhood pond. Maybe it's time for you to do something similar to upgrade your home. See You Under Construction. Uh, can't sp uh, say we're just doing a small uh, redo in our laundry room. Can't say enough about how they've helped us at our home and the thorough communication, the planning, the promptness and the attention feels like they actually care about you as a customer and as a person and as a family when they do something for your home. So check out See You Under Construction. You can find them online, seeyouunderconstruction.com. And like I said, you can find them on Facebook, too. Thanks to Matt Daniels for being here with us in our number one of Sports Talk. 
Thanks to Joey Wright for popping in as well. Bob Osmussen coming up with the world according to Bob and more next hour. Plus, Michael Finke is coming in. This is News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Time for news updates.